Angela leaned over to me and was like, do you remember singing these songs? I was like, no. Uh, these songs were not allowed in my 90s. Um, if there was a, an acoustic guitar, that was of the devil. Uh, so did not happen. Welcome to uh, Hope Lower Town. Um, a couple, couple different things. So, so last week, I'm going to get into this, but um, last week I uh, gave a, oh, not this week's, last week's sermon uh, titled it, where, where We've Been. And so we've been looking at, uh, at the new year, and so it was January 1st, and I know a lot of you uh, weren't here, uh, sinners, <laughs> just kidding. Um, it was new year, it was, uh, you know, I, know, I get it, I, get it. I totally get it. Um, and so, but we looked at where we've been. And so just kind of how we got here as a church, how is it we were, you know, almost five and a half years into this thing. Um, and so what, what have we learned? What are some lessons? And so we looked at that. Um, so the, the podcast, uh, if it's not up online, it will be pretty shortly. And so feel free to listen to that. It, it felt a little interesting because I felt like I was casting vision and then kind of, and then it kind of got a little prayer into the end. Uh, today's a little bit more integrated. And, and so, um, anyways, I'm going to kind of not just briefly recap, but before I get into that, I'm going to have Ben, Ben coming up here. To, I don't know if I didn't even talk to you yet this morning. Hi, Ben. Um, great. He's got a microphone. Um, and so uh, I'll have Ben talk about this a little bit more, but in, in context, why we kind of brought this up even last week of looking at who we are with, um, uh, and we'll look at it again today uh, as a gospel community on mission. Uh, and just looking at, hey, we, we are called to preach the gospel uh, and yet there are uh, people around us that, that maybe have needs, whatever, and how do we integrate the two of those? And so uh, Ben and his team kind of did something. So I'll let you talk about that. Hi, my name is Ben Jones. Uh, my wife and I, Emily, have been coming to Lower Town since the beginning, as Brian said, about five and a half years ago. Um, over the summer, I had started a, kind of a passion project, uh, writing a devotional with a small team from our church. And so this is something that I just wanted to introduce and plug to you guys. Uh, again, this is from people here in the room for us here in the room. Um, but this is what it is. It's just a small booklet. We're gonna have a digital version online soon. Uh, one thing about doing something in print is that you catch the typos that you miss when it's just on your screen. So we're gonna get those updated and then put it online. But Anyway, this is called Redeemed to Restore, a Hope Lower Town devotional. It's a 30-day devotional. And let me tell you about days, because even though it's the 8th or whatever, you can start this whenever. What? what? So even though it's not the first, you can still start. We've got a nice table of contents, uh, and then a little forward, and then after that, it just kind of is what it is. Um, a day's entry, we've got scripture in each entry and then some thoughts from uh, various authors. So uh, the team uh, who graciously donated their time to putting this together, uh, Andrea Gregory Schalke, if you wanna raise your hand, she's there in the back. Uh, Duncan Minx, he and his whole family are sick. Uh, Emily Jones, my wife, participated. Aaron Gingrich, is she here? She's not here. And Jeremiah West over there. <clears throat> so what is it about? Uh, briefly, uh, I mean, you'll see it if you pick it up, but briefly, this is about uh, kind of the big biblical theme that we see in scripture, that God pulls us out of our sin. He redeems us from our sin, gives us new life for a purpose, that it doesn't just end with us. Uh, and as Brian often says, you know, our faith and what God gives us is personal, that it is between us and God, but it's not private in the sense that it's public. It's something that God 
does for us that we might then glorify him out in the world uh, until he should return. And so that's what this is about uh, in many different ways. And that's kind of the through line, but you see that in a lot of different ways in a lot of different scriptures. It touches everywhere from Genesis to Revelation. Um, the past couple days have been really focused on idolatry as we explore uh, kind of sin and its impact. Uh, it, I, I mean, I'll just tell you that even uh, for the hours and hours I spent on this, it is still encouraging to me to reread these passages um, from Jeremiah, from Andrea this week. Um, and it's, it's just been such an encouragement to me. So I hope it's an encouragement for you. We'll have them in the uh, fireside room. I'll leave some in the back there. Um, but yeah, feel free to grab it. Don't be shy. If we run out, we'll print more. So just take one. All right, thanks. Thanks, Beth. All right, uh, we are uh, wrapping up. This is the last week, week nine. I'll talk more, a little bit more at the end here, what we're gonna be doing um, for the next couple of years here. But um, uh, week nine of, of prayers, and I've enjoyed doing this. I was gonna have you uh, turn and meet your neighbors, but just for time, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. You can say hi afterwards. Uh, but I was gonna ask the question of um, what has been like a, like a motivational speech as we talk about like casting vision uh, and, and it could be anything. I think of um, the movie Independence Day when the president is on the back of a pickup truck. You know, today we declare our independence from the aliens, obviously. Um, and then uh, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Rudiger, uh, when he's in the, he's kind of recapping, uh, uh, who's, who's uh, do you know who he's mimicking or copying? Some old Notre Dame coach, right? He's standing on a stool and you take on the outside and you get on the right side and you whatever. It's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, but I can't remember any of it. Uh, I remember my sophomore year of, of high school, uh, I had a coach, uh, Coach Mobell, and he gave really inspirational uh, speeches. I distinctly remember one, we were playing Homewood Christian in, in Chicago. And um, we, <laughs> it was bad. And I remember my coach, I'm not making this up, my coach before the game, like we're in the huddle, like hands in. He was like, guys, just don't embarrass me. Like that was his, his motivating speech was don't embarrass me. <laughs> uh, it worked for me. That was enough. Play, let's do it for Coach Mo. Don't embarrass him. Uh, we're going to lose. Just don't embarrass him. Um, anyway, so like I mentioned, we're going to be, I just want to recap where, where we've been. Uh, this is a, an image of from September 11th, 2017, our first service. And as you can see, it was a pretty, pretty well attended service. But remember, we were a location. We are, are, we are a location of Hope Community Church. And that was kind of our first opening night. And yes, it used to be at 6.30 in the evening. And uh, we had a strong emphasis on on uh, the artist community and trying to really infiltrate and get artists here and, and do all these things. We, we participated in the art crawl. And we did all these things. And after about a year and a half, uh, we moved to the morning in the fall of 2019, uh, which the same time period we have now. And if, if you don't know, there are three other congregations that meet after us in this space. Um, and we're just glad to be, be part of that and to be family with them, uh, worshiping the same savior with them. And Really, I'm excited about that. And so, um, kind of, and then, and then COVID happened, right? We all had our 2020 vision, you know, plans, and that, obviously that didn't last too long. Um, and then everything came crashing down. Showed some pictures of us doing trivia online, and and me using my rock band mic uh, to preach from my living room, uh, which is just wild that that actually happened. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then, and now, now here we are. We're back. Uh, and so we've, we've learned a lot. We've learned about, but we've kind of, we've gone through for a, for a young church, we've gone through some pretty significant, substantial uh, changes and evolutions of, of who, who we are. 
And so in this sermon, and I'm gonna integrate in it with, with vision casting, and yet it's not so much vision casting. I mean, I think it's implied, but um, it's more of like, who are we? Let's just make observations about who we are and, and, and just kind of help us point us in the right direction. This isn't like something that I've, I've decided like, hey, here's where we're going. Let's charge up that hill. That's not necessarily, it's just like, hey, this is actually who we are. This is the hill we're charging together. So why don't we just do that? and make that more obvious. Uh, and, and, and as we talked about being member mobilized uh, at Hope, uh, that we wanna be, um, we're, we're elder um, uh, led, we're, we're staff run, uh, we're governance team supported, uh, but we are member mobilized. And so I wanna get behind you and how, how can I help you do a ministry that you are passionate about and like Ben and his team did, wanna be able to keep doing that. And so uh, what I did was last week as I actually went through a PowerPoint that I had made in January, January 1st or 2nd of 2018. So at our one year anniversary, I kind of went through a, a PowerPoint of, of looking at uh, why we exist and who we are and our mission and our vision and our values. And, and this was one of them. And if you've been around Hope for a while, you, you know this, uh, at least are very familiar with it, but this is our mission statement, to honor God by helping as many people as possible become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And this is, this is just at the heart of everything. Everything that we do, we want to honor God. It is about God. It is about his glory. It's not about us. It's not about our neighbors. It is about Jesus. It is about God, but, but not just worshiping and glorifying him because we do that by helping as many people as possible, uh, regardless of, of any uh, preconceived notion that we might have about anybody, help as many people as possible uh, become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so we, we use that phrase, but one of the three words, and I just mentioned them, are gospel and community on mission. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be going through this, this sermon and going through this passage, and I wanna look at these aspects. And, and they're, they're individual that we can look at the gospel itself, we can look at community by itself and mission, but they're, they're so integrated and they overlap so much that we can't, it's hard to separate it. I'm gonna do that, but know that it's, it's, it's impossible to just completely pull these apart from from one another, they are inseparable. So this week, we're gonna be looking at Acts chapter 12, one through 17, uh, and just, and I've titled it, Where Are We Going? Where are we going as a church? Uh, that's just kind of looking uh, for the future and then, and then looking back to a first century church. Uh, what are the gospel community on mission implications that they were and who they were that should be about who we are? And not should as in like, hey, that we're sinning if we're not, uh, but we wanna be able to love Jesus and love others uh, the way that he would have us uh, do that and to be a light on a hill. And so gospel and community on mission. The first aspect, uh, and I've just kind of done like mission one, Community two, or community number one. I don't know, I just, I, there's the only way I could think to make it work and that's the way I did it. Um, so mission, the first place that we see mission is just right off the bat in Acts chapter 12, looking at verse one. It says, about that time, Herod, the king had laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. This is a coin, an image of uh, Herod Agrippa. And so he um, is the son of Herod the Great. And so Herod the Great was the one, if you remember the story just coming out of Christmas, he was the one that the Magi, the wise men come and they're like, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. The title of King Herod was the king of the Jews. So he got a little peeved, he got a little upset that some other people were coming and saying, hey, we wanna worship a new king. 
You want to worship the king. And so that's, that's Herod. He builds his temple, massive temple. If you go to, if anybody's been to Jerusalem, I've not, I've not been there, but if you go there and you see the, the wailing wall, the huge stones that are there were built by Herod the Great. That was dad. Now you've got Herod Agrippa. But if you remember Herod the Great, he ends up killing who knows how many hundreds, if not thousands of, of babies, infants in the city of Bethlehem, the town of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born in an attempt to kill the king, an attempt to kill Jesus. Uh, but it doesn't work. So there's a lot of blood on the Herodians on that, on that line of, of, of killing, but they were Jewish. Matter of fact, Herod the Great, uh, they cared so much about their bloodlines and their uh, genealogies. He would actually go and kill families of a Jewish, Jewish descent that had a pure bloodline so he could say he had the purest bloodline, right? Like it's some wild stuff. So now you've got his son. And his son is, is king and, and his son is gonna be the one who would have been responsible and been around when Jesus was crucified. And about that time, Herod the king had laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. This is about 10-ish, some years since Jesus has ascended into heaven, since Jesus left. And so why is it, why is this mission? What's, what's going on? Because the church for 10 years had spread all over the known world, really. Uh, this this image goes into you know first second third centuries, but but you get the dark purple on that image. I know it's really small and hard to see, but the dark purple is is representative of of the church spreading all over the place, right? And and why is it? What motivated this early church to do that? It was the command from Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty, and Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore." and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And other passages, specifically in Acts chapter one, it kind of talks about they went from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, or the ends of the earth. And a lot of times, and at least the way I was taught growing up, it was like, okay, you've got, your, you've got your hometown. That's our Jerusalem. We've got our community, our family. Then you've got Judea, just, you know, they're, they're people that are like us and like-minded. And, and that's, that's, but then there's people that are a little different from us, Samaria. We might have a little, have some problems and, and, and whatever, maybe different with them. And then the other most parts of the world, they don't know Jesus. And that may be a way to interpret that. But as, as we think about this, and as I, and, I, and I've got plenty of papers and documents and things that I wrote before this church was ever even started, and was trying to answer this question in that sense of like, who is it that we're trying to reach? Who is our hometown? And if you've, if you've been around for a while, you know that that was Lower Town, right? This neighborhood, this community that, that, that I fell in love with this neighborhood, and I still am. I never fell out of it. I love this neighborhood, love the community. So John, you know, John Hess over here, he just, he's like, I just moved across the street. You're not, you know, no, 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 we're not leaving. We're not doing anything like that. Um, we just wanna, just wanna explain a little bit of, of, of this and maybe a little bit of my, my uh, well, how I arrived at this. I, as I mentioned this, I think I made this, mentioned this last week that I wanted to make the gospel walkable. Uh, and it was a phrase that I used a lot early on that I wanted people in Lower Town who work here, who play here, um, who, who do everything here to be able to worship here as well and walk down the street to a church that's very walkable to thousands of people and just say, hey, uh, we wanna preach the gospel. And that was the goal. And that's, not, that's a good goal. Um, and, and, and yet, and so then, then this phrase, this, is what, this came out of my PowerPoint from uh, four and a half years ago. 
said, I think the way that we know if we're reaching Lower Town is by how many people go to Hope Lower Town who are actually from Lower Town, right? Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. How many people walk? I think this is a pretty easy metric to measure. And it is, and that is an easy metric to measure. It's, it's, and that was true. And there were Sundays where I would walk outside and I would see a line of people walking to the church. And that was really encouraging for me, thinking, oh, maybe this is working. And then people um, <laughs> grow up <laughs> and they move, right? This is what happens. And so there were people who lived in Lower Town proper that would move out to the burps, right? And then examining my own self and going, I've never even lived in Lower Town. Right, my family, we live eight minutes straight north, but we live in Shoreview, right? I mean, like I, I'm always like, I'm, sometimes I'm ashamed to say Shoreview because it seems so far away from the church. Um, even though it literally takes eight minutes to get from my house because it's a highway and then the highway exits right to the parking lot. I mean, it's pretty, pretty slick, right? And as I got thinking about it, it's like, but I, I commute. And if I commute, how can I encourage other people to move into a community, into a neighborhood and love a neighborhood and a community that's, that we're just not part of? Um, not to say that we're not part of it. I know some of you are, so don't take offense. If you live in Lower Town, I don't, I don't mean that, or if you've lived in Lower Town. Let me, let me explain a little bit more of this. This comes back to a book by, written by this guy, Larry Osborne, Sticky Church. Uh, Larry is a mega church pastor in California. Uh, they do things very differently uh, out there. Not, not good or bad, just, just differently. They, he owns well, one of their bigger churches. It's, a, it's just a shopping mall. Um, and so he preaches and there's cameras, and then each what would be like a store, um, his, the, the sermons you know, piped into each different store, and each store has a different theme. So you can go to a country western service, you can go to a hip hop service, you can go to whatever it may be, right? You, you, you pick what you wanna do. And it's like, ah, okay, that's interesting, Larry. Um, and yet it's worked very well for Larry. And his whole logic behind this um, was because at the invention of the automobile, everything changed because people now were, couldn't, weren't just forced to go to a local church in their neighborhood. They could go to the church they wanted to go to. They could drive right past churches they didn't want to go to and go to the church that they preferred to go to. And, this, and he illustrated this by looking at uh, the radio. He said that when he was in high school, which obviously, obviously, sorry, was not that long ago. Uh, he's an older guy. Uh, so back in the day, he said to his own admittance, you know, there were, there were two radio stations. Like if you wanted to listen to like popular, if you didn't want to listen to classical music or hymns, you, there were like, there were two radio stations. And so you'd go into school and everybody listened to the same stuff. He said it was also true of television, that on TV, back in the day, there'd be two or three really popular shows because everyone watched it. Right? He said, if you rewind the clock 40 years, storage wars never would have been a thing. Right? And he's not wrong. He's completely right. Why? Because we have so much access and abundance that we can skip the shows we don't want to watch and watch what we want to watch. Um, we can skip over songs now that we don't want to listen to. And it's the same with church. And I, and I, don't, know what it, I don't know what it was. I didn't like that. And I, and I remember, so Larry came to, uh, to Hope. We do these things called non-conference conferences where we just have a very limited number. There's maybe 80 of us. Um, and we went out and had dinner. Not all of us, but some of us went and had dinner uh, afterwards. And I was talking to Larry and I was like, you got to explain this, this whole idea that the neighborhood church can't exist anymore because I'm planting a neighborhood church. And I think you're wrong. And he was like, well, you're wrong. And you're going to find out you're wrong. Um, and I didn't listen to the guy, right? And, and not that I don't know if anything necessarily would have changed, but he just explained that people are gonna, are gonna drive. 
They're gonna go right past other churches to get to your church or they're gonna go to a different church so they don't have to go to your church. Um, and, and he was completely right. Uh, I was so stuck on making the gospel walkable that I just didn't see and listen, uh, right? Maybe just humbly admitting that maybe I, I, I try to push this because I love this neighborhood so much uh, rather than, hey, what, what actually suits us? What fits us as a demographic and as a people? And so I'm glad we're here, uh, right? As I said, looking at Lower Town, I fell in love taking bass guitar lessons above what used to be the Black Dog uh, Cafe um, and, and, and loved this area, loved the neighborhood. Uh, I'm still gonna be the chaplain for the saints. I, I enjoy that. I still like being part of the community and meeting uh, owners and different things like that, uh, businesses and the community. I think that's great. But I think what the shift is, what it, al- it already is, like I said, this isn't like a, like a, like a shift that's happening. But I think when we look at what are we on mission to do? What are we here for? And it's to share the gospel in a community on mission. And so the tangibles, what is this mission? Who are we trying to reach? And is it, are we going to be doing the the cleanup days, right? In in Lower Town? Are we going to be doing the art crawl? Are we going to be doing things that are specifically Lower Town? I think, yeah, I think there's there's a need for that still. This is where our space is. And so I think there's still makes sense to do things in the community, helping out with uh, the uh, national night out or whatever it may be. That's still a good thing. What I want to encourage all of you to do, this is the only image I could find that kind of uh, portrayed what I wanted to do, um, not worldwide, uh, but I want you in your own circles, in your own context, in your own communities, in your own neighborhoods, in your own places of work, in your own dormitories, and you forget that you get it. I want you to be on mission to people around you. And I, and I, and I remember going back, I remember when I used to live, Annual and I used to live in Uptown in, in Minneapolis. And I remember being so excited uh, to meet people and get to know them and, and share the gospel with them and invite them to church. And it never happened. I, it was, there was something about, I thought being in clothes, I'd never really lived in an apartment like that before with a lot of people. And I thought, man, I'm gonna get to know so many people. Um, you kind of get to know the smokers' names because they're always outside. Um, and so you, I would get to know them a little bit, but it, but it was it was just difficult. And I had a mentor at the time who was like, I was telling him we were looking at buying a house and and maybe in the suburbs, and he was like, don't move to the suburbs. He's like, everyone has a privacy fence and just screams, don't come here. We don't want you, give us our privacy. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know if it means that. And then I buy a house in the burbs with a six foot privacy fence. And guess what? People come over, you hang out, you get to know your neighbors. And so what I mean by this, and this is an indictment on myself. I'm just gonna be humble here. I'm gonna be... That's not how I meant that. I'm gonna be honest with you. And and it's gonna be humbling is the word I was trying to say uh, to me in the sense that myself there, I have neighbors that I care for, I pray for, that I have counseled, that I have prayed with, that I have made myself available for. But I don't know if I have honestly ever offered a personal invitation to, hey, maybe why don't you come to church this next week? I, I just have never done that. Um, uh, and I don't know if it's because of, uh, again, it could be any, any number of things, but I want us in your situations because let, let the gospel be offensive, right? And that's my job. That's, that's Paul's job. That's whoever is going to be preaching from behind this pulpit to make sure that we present the gospel, that we love Jesus, that Jesus is the hero. And so, um, and so I'm gonna, we're gonna be kind of doing a focus necessarily on, on that, uh, on maybe it's taking a class, I don't know if Paul has done a class on evangelism or whatever it may be. Um, but that's, that's kind of a shift. And so rather than really focusing everything only on Lower Town um, to try to do a little bit more for the communities that we live in. And so if you have a passion for something in your neighborhood, in your community, let's talk about it, right? Um, so that, that's that. Let me, let me keep moving here. I gotta really move. Gospel one, 
Acts chapter 12, looking at the same, same couple of verses here on uh, verse two, it says, he killed James, the brother of John with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. So again, this is Herod Agrippa, doesn't mind some bloodshed, learn from his dad. Hey, we can just start killing people and it will rally the mob and then they will have our support. Even though we've killed some Jews, we just return the favor and then they're on our side again. And what happens in this verse, these two verses, is he killed James, the brother of John. He's one of the big three of like best friends with Jesus. It's Peter, James, and John. And all of a sudden it just says, James is killed with the sword. And now Peter's being arrested. That's all it says about James. And a matter of fact, if you go back in the book of Acts and other passages in scripture, you see somebody die. It's always a quick end they died or they explain they got killed with a sword. They were torn in half. Whatever it may be, the description of how they died, that's it. And it moves on. Why? Because the death of James isn't the focus of the story. It's always about the advancement of the restoration of God's people. It's always about the gospel. Always. It's the same thing with Paul. Paul, I mean, writes almost half of our New Testament and the story of Acts ends when the gospel gets to Rome. It's like, see, mission accomplished, we're done. We don't even have to talk about Paul or how anything else happens. Gospel, gospel spreading over the world. That's not the point. The story doesn't end there. It moves on rapidly to the gospel. Mission part two says, this was during the days of unleavened bread or, or Passover. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison. Uh, this is Peter. So Herod puts Peter in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. I was trying to figure out how many soldiers are in a squad. It seemed to be anywhere from eight to 10, but I don't know if that would be true of a prison guard, but either way, a lot of people, right? 20 to 40 men are gonna be guarding uh, uh, Peter, uh, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made by God to the church. And this was, this is actually an image of the prison that they think was the prison that Paul was in, or excuse me, Peter was in. It doesn't make sense because this one has um, a hole in the ceiling, which was, I guess, pretty standard for Roman prisons that they were, there was kind of a, um, I don't know, an area above that had cells, but this holding cell below, they'd drop you in and that was like a death row. And so some people that, you know, in the, the chapel there, the, the, church. Like, yeah, this is where, this is where Peter was. And it might've been, but when you get the description that we're going to read in Acts, it doesn't say anything about being dropped into a hole. It clearly is a gates and doors. So anyways, it doesn't matter. The whole point is, the point I have mission part two in here is this idea that uh, the church has uh, earnest prayer, earnest prayer for Peter. And I don't know, it's been a while, at least that I can think of that we've been in earnest prayer about something. I know that we were maybe broadly speaking uh, for covid uh, and things of the like of just our church during that time period. I know a lot of you have spent seasons in earnest prayer uh, for your kids or for our family, um, but I wanna be able to share those requests. I want us to join in earnest prayer with one another in a way that we can do that. We have the communication cards up front, fill those out, write a request in the back, know that our prayer team will be praying for those uh, requests. And if you want it to be shared publicly, let me know. And we can talk about how it would, and what would be the best way to go about that, to be in earnest prayer on mission uh, together, to support one another. Then I have gospel part two. It says, now when Herod was about to bring him out, it's Peter, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. 
and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. So it seems to be quite a lot of soldiers and uh, sentries and guards around Peter. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Listen, I know this, this is wild. Right? We, I think if you, if you grew up in the church, if you grew up singing those songs that, that Zach sang in the 90s and you grew up in the church, this just feels like I'm just reading a story. Uh, I've been a fan of the show, Cho- The Chosen. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I'd, I'd encourage you to maybe just check it out. It's not the gospel, it's not the Bible, but it is really encouraging. Um, I, I weep a lot of times watching the show. And when one time, the very of season three, um, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And they do such a good job of the disciples of Jesus hearing these words for the first time and they're shook, right? Jesus is saying, you, you once have heard, but, but I say unto you, and they're like, their minds are blown. We just get so used to this stuff. We get so used to an angel kicking Peter in the ribs saying, get up quickly and the chains fall off. It's like, yeah, no kidding. That, this happens. Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And when he went out and followed him, he did not know uh, that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision, right? He's just having a a dream. Uh, He's he's just, you know, groggy. What's going on? Just kind of walking around following this angel. And when they passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. And it opened for them of its own accord, right? Like the gate, like walk up to the gate, like auto, automatic sensor, and they walk out. And they went out and they went along one street and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, now, now I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all of the Jewish people that, were, that people were expecting, right? He's like in the middle of the street by himself. And he's like, oh, I think, this, I think this is actually happening to me, right? Why is this gospel? Here's what is gospel. Peter was completely passive in this rescue. <laughs> but Peter had nothing to do with his deliverance from prison. He simply followed the direction of the angel. It's God who shows up in the prison and wakes Peter up. It's God who walks Peter past his Roman masters. It's God who delivers Peter from death. And it's also true for us. Whether this is your first time hearing this or your millionth time hearing this, it is God who makes the first move. It's God who shows up in the darkness of our life that when we were sinners, Christ dies for us. It is God who wakes us up that we go from death to life. He is the one who imparts life and breathes breath into us. He's the one who walks us past our former master of Satan, that he no longer has rule over us. He might talk to us and tell us what to do, but now we have the freedom to say, not today, Satan. It is God who delivers us from death and spiritual death and destruction. And we are always gonna be about that message, always. It's always gonna be about the gospel truth. And so then we now get community. The first section that we see community in Acts chapter 12, looking in verse 12 says this. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. 
And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate, right? This is why I love the Bible. If, you, if this wasn't true, you just wouldn't put these kinds of details in the story. You know what I mean? Like Rhoda, let's just maybe say she did the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. She's just, oh, Peter, wow, Sam, you're, you're free. We've been praying about this specific thing. Let me go tell the others. And he's like, no, 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 please. Okay, all right, she's gone. And Joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you're out of your mind, right? So people in the house praying for the release of Peter are saying, Rhoda, you've lost it. But she kept insisting that it was so. And then they kept saying, it is his angel. <laughs> and I had to dig into this a little bit more because I was like, what in the world is this whole angel thing? And I guess it was a Jewish tradition uh, that they believed in uh, guardian angels for people, but believed that they had a likeness uh, in, in uh, appearance to the person that they were guarding, okay? And so, what I, and again, what's wild about this, the people are saying, it couldn't have been Peter. It must have been his angel. Well, don't let his angel in. You know what I mean? Like, why not just, if you think it's, it's Peter's guardian angel, we should be like, hey, maybe, maybe he wants to pray. Maybe he wants some food. Like, I don't know. I've never interacted with an angel at my gate. Man, just leave him outside. Like, it's just, a, just kind of a wild a wild thing. Here's what I mean is these people are together. They're together in community. They're praying earnestly that their prayers would be answered about Peter being set free. And as I think, and as we think about this year in 2023, as we hone in on, on who we are on mission, and as we get a little bit more tangibles and things to really, hey, what can we do? And, and whether it's that's still more working with the, the school, the communities and schools, um, and we're gonna keep doing those kinds of things and, and, and hosting things here for the community, that's great. But as we hone in on those tangibles, what I really want our year, this year of 2023 to be is a, is a, is a time of community, a time of growth, a time of getting to know each other better. And, and we've done this. And I, and I was thinking, I was just telling Paul, I was like, man, I was making this list and I shudder to make a list, okay? And I, and I mean this because I know there are things that I didn't put in there. There are things that I, I forgot or just didn't make the list. As I was walking in this morning, I even remembered a couple. So uh, there's the et cetera means the thing that I forgot, okay? So just, just know that. And I, but I was going through this list. And so how, how is it that we can build community, that we can get to know one another better? Because I want us to get to know each other, to love one another so that in our midst, there is none that have need. And, and, and it's so hard to even know somebody has a need, right? We're, we're Minnesotans, we're a little bit passive. We, we, we kind of hint, oh, this thing isn't working or we're really hurting here or I'm hurting here. And we don't necessarily talk about it. I wanna be able to talk about these things and get to know each other and welcome new people in, right? We shouldn't be uh, so tight-knit and so close that it's like, oh, outsider, not what? No, no, of course. We want as many people as possible to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so, oh yeah, Angela had sent me this picture. This was of the ladies uh, got together this past fall. And I know there's a lot of good uh, feedback on that and they're gonna continue doing that. I think the ladies are getting together uh, on the 28th. January 28th. And so ladies, uh, not as, as big and formal of a thing, but just that they had a good time. They're gonna do it again. So on January 28th, gonna be doing it at Alyssa's house, right? Um, so if you have questions, talk to Alyssa, but that's in the email uh, that I send out every week as well. Let me, let me just, this is how we can build community. Sunday services, we do that here, right? Obviously you shouldn't be talking during church. So not now, um, but after church, uh, we can have community time, right? Uh, Volunteer teams, right? And, and again, with his AV, and it's like, well, Chaz, he came in this morning, he's by himself. 
right? He's not building. Well, yeah, he is with other people that are back there, whether it's me or Paul or, or, or Nolan who, who comes in pretty early or Ben or and Emily, whatever. there's people that are walking around. Uh, the nursery and the kids, and I know that they have, they see each other and they usually work with other people and, and, and the worship team, just being able to do that and meet early and, uh, and the hospitality uh, to be able to greet people and welcome people. That's community building. Small groups. I can't think of a greater way to build community than to be in a small group, uh, to be able to rub shoulders with people, to be able to get into a Bible study, to be able to have accountability, uh, put on the, the trunk or treat. Uh, we did trivia multiple times. Uh, we've done a murder mystery. Uh, let's see, church, church brunch. Oh yeah, we did that once. Remember that? Yeah, I see. I even wrote it down. I don't, I don't remember it. Church brunch. We did this one time. It must have been right before COVID. We went out and we looked for brunch, and then people were places were out of business. They weren't open yet because our church is too early in the morning and on Sundays and whatever. Uh, watch a game together. We've done this at different uh, places in the in the neighborhood, or just come over to my house, whatever it may be. Um, go Arizona. Go Cards. Um, hymn sing. If you don't know what I mean, look it up. Uh, Hymn sing, we've, we've done this in the past. We've just done a, an evening of just singing hymns, chili contest, uh, the women's fall retreat, mentioned that, men's breakfast. We used to meet up way too early on once a month on Friday, but it was good, right? And I, and I, and I look forward to that. It was a great time of building community. Clothing swap, having classes or book readings, choir practice, uh, which is what, what Paul called it, of getting together at his house and getting around a bonfire and just hanging out. Uh, but then we actually had handbell practice um, and that was a good community building thing, not even just with our church, but with other congregations as well. Uh, Nolan's did a, did a fire pit uh, this past summer, just had it every Friday or every other Friday evening, just go over and hang out. Uh, we did, I don't know if we called it Dinners of Eight, but Emily kind of put that on last summer. And that was great, getting together with people that I don't normally eat a meal with, right? It just kind of gets us out. Uh, Jeremiah had us go, go to Avatar 2, invited a bunch of, a bunch of us to Avatar. We kind of debriefed together and played some board games beforehand and had a really good time doing that, right? Um, Dungeons and Dragons, right? There's another thing. We did that for a while. I don't know why I quit, uh, Chaz, but uh, here we are. Uh, cookouts, uh, this is just inviting people over to the house. I cannot, I cannot encourage you more. What a, what a great way to build community is that after church, it is, we're done with church at before 10 o'clock, right? And to be able to say, hey, hey, what you, hey next week, you want to come over to my house? Hey, next week, you want to come over to my apartment or we can grill out. We can just have you. I don't really know you that well or whatever. I know you got kids and they're crazy, but you can come over, right? Just that, this is, what a way to build community, right? And then, and then et cetera. Uh, I, know I, I know I missed several of them. We used to do a whole brew club. There's a lot of things that, that we've done to build community that I want to, I want to continue doing that. You're like, ah, oh, man, we don't ever do anything. I think this list says otherwise. I think we do things, uh, but trying to get into consistency is hard sometimes. And, and sometimes you do something and nobody, you plan and plan and plan and then nobody shows up and then you don't, you just do it, you wing it and then everyone shows up. And that's okay, that's, that's life. Um, and so I wanna encourage you uh, to, to do that. All right. Oh, um, oh yeah, so gospel and community on mission. This is another aspect of this. Uh, we are going to hopefully, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but we're gonna try to remodel uh, the fireside room back here. We had a little bit of money that was given to us uh, from uh, Will and Coley Craig uh, after they passed. They gave us a little bit of money. And so I know number one priority would be to redo the bathrooms, but um, we don't have enough, <laughs> enough money for that. Uh, but we can maybe kind of spruce up uh, the community room. And the reason for that being, as I mentioned last week, uh, when we got back our results from the survey, and we don't have even our newest survey, uh, that we are a pretty biblically literate congregation. Uh, you're like, oh man, I'm still new to this. I'm still learning. That's great. We all are. Uh, but we want to be able to have a, a classroom uh, that we can uh, 
have classes in, uh, just to make it a little bit more inviting uh, after church for community and then be able to close the doors off and have a class uh, that's down here instead of having to go, well, you go upstairs, turn to the left and then to the right. And then there's a room there with no windows. It's kind of creepy, but um, that's that. Okay, and, and so this is all kind of on, on this idea of community and, and mission and learning the gospel deeper together. So mission number three, this is just the last point here, but Peter continued knocking and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Um, which again, I, I mean, I, these people were praying earnestly, but they weren't, they weren't expecting their prayer to be answered. Right? I mean, what a, and that's not an indictment. I think this is a, we should be playing, praying earnestly, but should be expectant. Um, of God answering prayers sometimes. Verse 17, but monitor, sorry, but uh, motioning to them with his hand to be silent. I don't know how you do that. Sit. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> he described to them now, <laughs> the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. And then he departed and went to another place. Peter couldn't even stand still. He did like, hey, I know you guys were praying for me. I'm out. I got to go tell people. I, I, I'm, I'm on mission. I got to go tell other people. And so in, in gospel application, this is not should, right? We, we, this is like a, a new phrase. I just learned this phrase of like, you just should on me, right? This is not, this is not shoulding. I'm not telling you you should do this. You need to do this. You ought to do this. If you're a good Christian, if you're part of our community, then you better invite me over to your house. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? But I mean this, how can you personally foster gospel community? How, how can you do this? What, what resources, and, and, and what are your hobbies? Right, I've, I started, I, the first time I did Dungeons and Dragons was with, was with Chaz and a couple other guys. Why? Because I really wanted to try Dungeons and Dragons? No, because I wanted to hang out with my friends, right? Uh, and, and, then, and then I turned out I really like Dungeons and Dragons, right? It's actually a lot of fun, okay? Don't judge me. I was a level four wizard. No, I'm not kidding. I, I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. That's not true. That's not true. What are your hobbies? Do it with other people. I love cooking and we do a cooking class, whatever it may be. What can we do together? Uh, one thing that I know that I fostered community around with several people from the church, not, maybe not in this one, but was over the Jeep, just working on the Jeep. I've got some good friends that I've met just doing my hobby. I like working on my Jeep. I don't like working on it. I like it, it just works. But when it is broken, I enjoy having community with other people there, right? What is that we're doing? Uh, be welcoming on Sunday mornings is always a big thing. I'll do my job uh, to preach the gospel uh, every week um, in every way so that Jesus is the hero. Um, and so, because we, do, we don't do these big, hey, invite your neighbor to church day. No, that's not, that's not what we're about. Um, but I wanna be able to foster a community that's welcoming, that's loving, uh, that's invitational in that sense. Um, so um, that's that. We're gonna have community in just a minute, but before I get there, I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, the next um, two years that we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing a series in the, in the book of Romans. Um, and so we've been, uh, I purchased, um, I think about 40 of these. This is um, just the book of Romans. That's all it is. So it's a Bible in the ESV, we're going to be, uh, normally we read it and, and, and preach out of the NIV, the New International Version, uh, but there are some uh, pretty significant translation um, interpretive words that are used in the NIV that I think the ESV gets a little bit more clear. Uh, and so all three locations, downtown, uh, Columbia Heights, uh, we're going to be doing these as well. So all this is is a Bible. I have a picture of it so we'll see a little bit better, but it's the Bible on the left and then just notes on the right. 
That's all it is. It's a page of text and then a page for notes. That's all it is. Fancy, fancy, right? But we're going to be using this for two years. I want you to be able to bring these and write and take notes because we're going to be walking through. Uh, and so we're going to be spending this uh, spring of 23 looking at the good news of Romans 1 through 3. We're going to take a break for summer. And we uh, don't have that exactly figured out, but for some really good ideas though for, for the summer. And then in the, this fall, we will be looking at verses, chapters four through eight of how do we then, sorry, how do we live then? How do we then live is the King James. Uh, and then uh, we'll be looking at in spring of 24, did God's plan fail? Uh, looking at Romans nine through 12 and then fall of 24, living in community, a good refresh in a couple of years and looking at Romans 13 through 16. And so that's the Bible. And, and the reason I, I wanna encourage us in this, um, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says the Bereans, these people that were at this church, uh, maybe you've heard of like, a, you've gone by a church, it's called like Berean Baptist Church or Berean Lutheran. This is what it's from. The Bereans were more noble than those in, in uh, Thessalonica and received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And regardless of who is up here preaching, I want you to examine the scripture, right? We do this in community. We don't live on an island, uh, as, as Ben even just mentioned, right? My, my relationship with Jesus is, is private, but it's not, or excuse me, it's personal, it's not private. We get to do these things in community. Um, and so I wanna encourage you in that. If you don't feel like you have community at this church, please, please reach out. Uh, we're not in this alone, Okay. So reach out and how can we better get to know each other? How can we love each other? And not just, not just get to know each other. I think there's a deeper level of being a gospel community of, of sharing life and doing life uh, in a spiritual sense as well on that level. So um, we're gonna have communion uh, like we do every week. And, and the juice that represents the, the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins, that covers our sin, that, that absorbs the wrath of God. And you have the wafer, um, that uh, represents his body that was broken for you and for me. And so we get to right now, and January 8th, 2023, we get to collectively, uh, not, I mean, yes, there's personal things going on, but, but, but publicly uh, go and get these elements and partake of these elements together because we are a gospel community on mission and we're in this together. And so let me pray and then, um, and then we will um, continue worshiping through through some 90s songs again, I think. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. I thank you for your hand and guidance over this church uh, over the last five and a half years. Um, that there have been some really good times, some high highs, and there have been some really difficult times and some low lows. Whether that's for the church as a whole or just for the individual uh, that's here. Uh, gone through some really difficult times, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a death, uh, whether it's a loss of a job, uh, whether it's a new job, or even friends moving away because of things, or whatever it may be. Um, God, you are, are good. You are good to us. Um, and so, God, I just pray now as we uh, worship through song, that our hearts, our minds would be engaged, um, that we would all uh, become, uh, I don't know, your spirit would just open our eyes, open our hearts. What what is it that we can do to be member mobilized, to, to really look at how we can foster community amongst ourselves, foster community uh, with those beyond our walls. Um, and so God, uh, we love you. and just pray that your spirit would be up moving with us now and for the remainder of 2023. 
as we continue to be a community uh, that is gospel-focused on mission. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.